Across the Thames Valley. One more time. Across the Thames Valley. This, this is River Radio. Well, now for some pop music. Try this. Hello and welcome to Off The Record, I'm Jordan Dean And I'm James Collins And James Collins, talk to us, what is Off The Record? Off The Record is a show that we present Your um, point, Of yes. course <laughs> uh, But it's basically, uh, we are two massive music lovers yes. um, And each week we uh, discuss and explore a band or artist's uh, discography basically Absolutely. And we talk about everything that's quite literally off the lacquer, off the record um, So stories behind the album yeah. And yeah, just like the journeys that those artists and bands took to create the music that we enjoyed today we we were talking about this the other day you said something james and i went that's interesting you right. said it's kind of a self-sustaining show yes because by the time you've gotten to about a year which we have we've passed the yeah, year yeah, mark, yeah 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 artists then bring out new albums absolutely so there's always gonna be something to talk about so we can always refresh exactly. we can always go over people like harry styles for exactly. example which we which is a bit of a, a bit of a show favorite what uh, i love at the moment is i feel like we're really well balancing the old and the new yes and today absolutely. we're taking a deep dive into the old school but my goodness is it a good old school oh absolutely we've got one one of the most classic rock bands uh, that's ever existed, really. Absolutely. Yeah. This band has defined music. They've set their own tone. They've created their own legacy. Yeah. And we're just going to be unpacking some of that in the next two hours. There's no way we can do the entire career justice. Absolutely. We're going to give it a go. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And from now until the end of the show, we're going to do our best to be able to discuss the discography, some songs that we love, some of the story. Mm-hmm. James... Please give it away. Spoil it for us. Who are we going to be talking about today? The absolutely fantastic Queen. Come we're going on. to be going. We're going to go through right from the beginning, uh, right through to the end of their career. Brilliant, brilliant, absolutely. James Collins. Without further ado, we're going to dive straight into track one. We have got Undercover, not Undercover. What am I saying? Under Pressure by Queen. Here it is. <laughs> Let me out 
turned away from it all like a blind man. Sat on a fence, but it don't work. Keep coming up with love, but it's so slashed and torn. Under Pressure, Remastered Queen, David Bowie. Huge. Yeah, huge song. One of, one of the greatest tracks of all time. Um, obviously not uh, from the beginning of their career, but... Totally, yeah. A great way to start the show. So, um, absolutely. so yeah. Uh, well, we kind of I mean, had to start with a bit of a bop. Absolutely. Get people in the mood. Absolutely. We're now going to go right to the beginning. Yes. All, all the way from the start of their legacy, but I figured I'd probably just give some people a little bit of context. I feel like... We did the show justice by explaining what off the record is. For the people who've never heard of Queen, perhaps, we ought to... Who are you? Who are please you? Please text right? in. Please email <laughs> in. If you've never heard of Queen, please, please let us know. <laughs> Interestingly, I went to uh, Google to type in Queen, and the first suggestion was the band. There you go. I don't know that's, how controversial wow, that is. Wow, that's, that's pretty controversial. I mean, that's its own topic for another yeah. day. But Wikipedia puts it well. It says, Queen are a British rock band formed in London in 1970. The band comprises Freddie Mercury... Brian May, Roger Taylor, John mm-hmm. Deacon. Yes. Their earliest work were influenced by progressive rock, hard rock, and heavy metal, which I think we'll probably uncover in this show, just yeah, by yeah, the sound. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. The evolution of the sound and kind of well, where they took it. Well, that's what, such, that's what makes them such an interesting band, and, and what will make this episode so interesting is they covered so many genres of music totally. um, over the course of their career, and, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited to, to Well, I mean, take all. one listen to Under Pressure. Yeah, 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 absolutely. It doesn't sound very rocky, and I think that's yeah, the interesting yeah, yeah. thing that hopefully 100%. people will begin to uncover... We're going to dive all the way back to the start. This yeah. is the album Queen, yes. 1973. So we need to go even further back from that. Um, oh, wow. Back to, well, so in 1968, Brian May uh, was studying at Imperial College, and yes, he met right. um, a fellow student called Tim Staffel, okay. um, who probably isn't a name that people uh, particularly know of, but basically they started a band called Smile, right? And Smile was then when Roger Taylor got involved as a drummer. Um, and then basically Tim Staffel ended up leaving... And it was Tim Staffel's friend, uh, who's a guy called Freddie Balsara, 
who then later on went to change his name to Freddie Mercury, okay. and that was the origin of Queen. So it's it's amazing to see sort of like this 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 journey um, where you know obviously Brian May was playing with Smile, and then it kind of like just evolved into to sort of what Queen was. But basically, yeah, over the course of five years, so from from 1968 to 1973, it took them that long to kind of really secure. Um, any type of recording contract, sure. which obviously at the time, um, as we've mentioned on, on a lot of shows where we've talked about um, older bands, um, you know, at the time recording costs and things like that, you needed a record company Huge. in order to be yeah. able to to really sort of bring those songs to life. So basically they, they ended up signing with uh, Trident Studios, um, who was the, it was like one of the best studios in, in the world, let alone the country. Sure. Um, but they wanted to, to set up basically like a management and, and record label side of things. Um, so Simon Trident and try and end up, um, signing a contract with EMI. So, um, that was who, uh, released Queen. Um, but basically, yeah, they, they went to Trident originally with, uh, with four demos, right? So they've got Liar, Keep Yourself Alive, The Night Comes Down and Jesus. And, uh, we're going to jump into one of those tracks now. This is, uh, this is the title track, uh, sorry, the first track off of the, uh, the album Queen, self-titled album Queen. This is Keep Yourself Alive. <laughs> Thank you. 
get better every day. No, I just think I'm just nearer to my grave.
James Collins, you're normally probably used to three songs being one genre. How about one song being three genres? Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. What it's was nuts. that? It's In nuts, the most right? beautiful way. I mean, the thing is, like, the one thing that blows my mind about listening back through through Queen's discography, especially that first album, is they, you know, that sound never changed. They never, they never drifted from, you know, you can so hear, you can hear that that sonic identity there where you know just the way they're arranging things you know obviously freddie's vocal being so prominent and being so um i don't know unique in itself um but just the just the, the harmonies the arrangements the that rock tone and that rock influence is it was there from the very beginning and i think you know that came as a result of you know as we said before those five years in the lead up to you know from from the band starting to the band actually getting to a point where they're ready to release an album um so yeah this takes up to us up to 1973 um and then in 1974 uh the band uh, embark on a tour of britain uh to promote their second album uh, that was coming out later that year called um Called Queen Two, of course. Queen two. Classic. <laughs> um, the sequel. Absolutely, absolutely. But in the lead up to that, they released uh, the next track that we're going to play, uh, which is a track called Seven Seas of Rye, which was actually one of their first actual, like, most successful songs, and it reached number 10 in the UK charts. So, um, so yeah, without further ado, this is Seven Seas of Rye. Believe us, 
White Queen as it began by Queen. Gorgeous song. From the album Queen number two. Queen two, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're, we're just skipping through these first albums. Not because they're not in any way good, but just because I think there's so much more for us to, to, to explore. Now, um, obviously, Queen, um, they released their second album. It reached number five in the UK charts, number 49 in the US, which is crazy to think for, like, a second release, right? And obviously, like... Um, you know, record sales back in 1974, obviously a different story to what they are today, but, um, but absolutely huge. Anyway, they began a, uh, tour of America, um, and they were supporting, uh, Matt, the, Matt, the hoople. Um, and basically on that tour, Brian may ended up collapsing on stage. Um, so the band had to abandon the tour. Um, and it turns out that Brian may was actually suffering with hepatitis, which is crazy. Um, so anyway, because they weren't on tour, they went into the studio um, and Brian was basically in in and out of the studio. Um, he was kind of, yeah, kind of suffering through it. Um, anyway, um, at the end of that year, um, literally just a few months later, they released a double single um, of two tracks, uh, one of them being Killer Queen, which uh, we fortunately enough have... Um, have have a multi-track of, which is quite cool um which for those of you who don't know what a multi-track is it's basically like the individual stems um of a track so i'm just going to play a little bit of the vocal arrangement uh from killer queen um just because i think this is absolutely gorgeous um but yeah but talk us through as well okay yeah cool like a baroness met a man from china went down to geisha minor then again incidentally if you're that way from Paris because she couldn't care less fastidious and precise she's a killer queen gunpowder gelatine dynamite with a laser beam guaranteed to blow your mind anytime it's mental it's absolutely nuts and like my thing for, for going through that for example is literally for the fact of like you know there's there's so much going on there but being able to strip those those vocals down to to literally just what Freddie's singing and those arrangements around it. It it shows a few things like a they're just so apolog- unapologetically camp and just so willing to just throw everything at like the performance and like you listen to that every time, right? Anytime. It's amazing and it's even the pronunciation of that's anytime. It, that's it. You can just hear like anytime. All, all of them just like you know just screaming anytime and whatever. Um, and yeah, it's like you know when you look at. The, the other records being produced at this time, you know, they just weren't throwing the arrangement at, at tracks like that. And obviously, you know, it's because they were working at Trident and Trident was such a such an accomplished studios and such a well-funded studios. But um, yeah, it's just amazing to, to go through that. And obviously, you know, Freddie, Freddie's vocal sounds absolutely incredible. But it's just that, it's just that arrangement that I think does get a little bit lost in the mix. But like, just, she's a killer queen gunpowder gelatine dynamite with a laser beam. It just tickles the brain, right? It's, it's, it's so gorgeous. I want to make note of two things. Yeah. Yes. Number one, Queen, album number one. Yep. 1973. Mm-hmm. Queen two, 1974. Yep. 
Sheer Heart Attack, mm-hmm. 1974. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. these these boys were churning out that's these it, tracks. That's it, and, and, you know, obviously it's because of that, that situation of Brian um, uh, getting hepatitis and them having to come off tour, and, and, you know, but they were using that time so well and so yeah, effectively, right. and it was like, it just goes to show, you know, they're a band that needed to get into the studio at this point. And, I then also want to talk about the risk of what they were doing, because production-wise, mm. they're in a studio, yeah. and they're... You know they're recording onto analog. Yeah, yeah, tape. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and you know like multi tracks at the time were still very very limited. Um, so uh, the majority of these were were literally obviously you imagine a roll of tape. They were just recording and recording and recording over the same tape. But there's only so many times you can do that. So so there's there's a huge cost and a huge, uh, you know, as you said, like risk of being able to just overdub and overdub and totally. overdub. But you know, like and we the take it for granted in, these days because artists nowadays can well, do it a million times, unlimited. And it's yeah, just yeah, unlimited. yeah, yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. Whereas, and yet there was a cost to it. And so, but like when you listen to it, it's and precise. She's a killer. Perfect. Queen gun body gelatine. There's no auto tune, is there? Let's be real. Well, the thing is, like, like you know, like there are some imperfections. There's that, there's that plosive uh, pop. Queen gun body yeah. gelatine. And, and, and things like that, yeah. But like that—that's gorgeous. That's amazing to be able to to be able to hear in in, in the record because it, it shows there's a humanity to it, but also shows how impressive it is to to have created something like that. But um, but yeah. Anyway, this this went on to be uh, Queen's one of Queen's biggest tracks and biggest singles. Um, so yeah, let's hear it. This is uh, Killer Queen from Sheer Heart Attack. She keeps in a pretty cabinet Let them eat cake She says Just like Marie Antoinette A building remedy For Chris Job and Kennedy At any time An imitation You can't take Caviar cigarettes Well-versed in etiquette Extraordinarily nice She's a killer Queen Got body gelatine Dynamite with a laser beam to blow your mind Recommended at the price Insatiable and appetite Wanna try oh, oh, oh. To avoid complications She never kept the same address In conversation She spoke just like a baroness Little man trying to she she couldn't care less, and precise. She's a killer, queen, got body gelatine, dynamite with a laser beam, guaranteed to blow your mind. Oh, 
Killer Queen uh, by Queen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a track. What a track. I mean, like, for me, it's definitely, like, it's a personal favourite of mine. Um, I absolutely adore it, and I think, like, it's always one that I'll always go back to. Obviously because of that multi-track as well. But, like, sure. But, yeah, I just absolutely adore that track. I think it's amazing. I think it's such a gorgeous... Um, I don't know. I don't know. There's just so much energy into it, and it's, it's got such a character. And um, yeah, I just, I absolutely adore it. And I think it's. How do you feel about the fact that five seconds of summer redid it? Uh, yeah, no, I. Uh, <laughs> we're not going to talk we'll, about we'll, that. We'll right ignore now. that. Yeah, yeah, we'll ignore that. <laughs> so we're on album um, number three right now. We're yes, on we're on Heart Attack. So we're going to jump ahead again. Um, so basically, that track, uh, Freddie One is Ivan Novello for, uh, which is amazing. So that was in 1975. And um, in 1975, they actually left their agreement with Trident Studios, um, basically just because it was unfair. And off of the success of those first three albums, they didn't actually make a lot of money. Um, So, you know, it was just an unfair deal on them. But obviously, they're in a very different situation now. You know, they're playing all across the world. Um, They're they're literally like top 10 albums now, Uh, three top 10 albums in. Um, so they renegotiate and they end up signing a management deal with a guy called John Reed, um, who was, was also Elton John's manager. There you go. There you go. Um, so, you know, like, uh, really interesting, um, to sort of see sort of that transition, um, which is really cool. Anyway, um, they end up, um, working on an, their next album. Uh, which is to come yes. out the year after. Uh, yes. Now, this this for me is a personal favorite. Uh, it's a song. It's an album called "Night at the Opera," okay. uh, which I'm sure most people who have heard of Queen. Also, yeah, for anyone who hasn't, please do text in if you don't know who Queen are. <laughs> We're just intrigued. Well, like, you what, just need to know who's out. There. What happened? Do you know what I mean? Like, um, we want to anyway. gift you an album. <laughs> Um, maybe so, like eight albums so we've got Night of the Opera and we're going to start off with uh, the first track on the album this is a track called Death on Two Legs this is a song dedicated supposedly to their previous manager um, who had basically yeah uh, stopped them from earning any money from any of their music wow. so um, so yeah this is Death on Two Legs Take it all my money And you want more 
chin kiss my ass goodbye Absolutely huge, huge song. What a way to start Dedicated an album. Dedicated to dot, 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 love. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, we, we did kind of skip a little bit of a uh, a moment, I suppose, um, which is that in 1975, before the release of this album, um, Queen actually had a song, um, which was a bit of a weird one. It was like five minutes, 55 seconds long. Mm. Um, which is weird, right? It's, and, it's, it's and a weird. Please explain track. why it's weird, especially with the way records worked in those. So days. yeah, I, I mean, if you were, if you were releasing a single or something like that, the reason uh, the majority of records were the length they were was obviously you, you could only put it on um, like one side of vinyl. Yeah. So um, I think I think I, this is just off the top of my head. Um, the maximum was about four minutes, so they had to actually had to split the track onto two sides of the single, wow. uh, which is hilarious. Um, but anyway. Um, they went to ship it round, um, and basically, obviously, none of the radio shows or presenters wanted to play it because it was like a six-minute song, and you know, like they 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 were sacrificing playing two songs for this one exactly. Queen song that was just kind of like this, you know, it was Freddie Mercury's creation and totally. passion you know, project, yeah, yeah, right. So um, anyway, uh, Freddie ended up giving uh, the single to one of his friends as uh, a DJ called Kenny Everett. Um, and he said, he said, don't play it on the air. I'm just going to give it to you and just, but you know, it's fine. Don't play it or anything. Um, so he played it 14 times, uh, <laughs> across his show, um, which is hilarious. And this song is obviously the absolutely fantastic Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, it stayed at number one in the UK charts for nine consecutive weeks and sold over a million copies, uh, which is absolutely nuts. And in the, in the US as well, it reached number nine, which is mental. Um, and it was actually, well, it's, it's supposedly one of the first singles to actually be released with a music video. Now, what had happened was at Top of the Pops, um, obviously everyone used to go on and perform their music and whatever, but there was no way that Queen could perform Bohemian Rhapsody to the extent that it was. And I don't think they could actually turn up to the show or something. So they ended up doing it like a pre-recorded 
uh, or like a video to it and it kind of became sort of like the it origin the of, music video, yeah. of, the, of the music video yeah it's like the idea that like you know a band doesn't have to be there but this could be like a completely different you know exploration or, or, or like um asset to, to to explore the song so um obviously to everyone that's seen the bohemian rhapsody video you'll know how incredible it is and there's those those iconic shots of of the four faces you know uh in that like diamond form um and it's absolutely incredible and, and i'd recommend going and watching it uh if, if anyone hasn't seen it but um but yeah without further ado this is of course the absolutely fantastic bohemian rhapsody by queen is this the- Caught in a landslide No escape from reality Open your eyes Look up to the skies and see I'm just a cool boy Because I'm easy come, easy go Galileo, 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 Galileo,
James Collins, you're my best friend. Oh, thanks. Welcome. You're welcome. Yeah, it's not reciprocated. Sorry, man. <laughs> um, so yeah, in 1976, Freddie Mercury received his second Ivan Novella Award for Bohemian Rhapsody. And in the May that year, uh, they released You're My Best Friend. And uh, it reached number seven in the UK and number 16 in the US. So, I mean, it's, it's just huge. Like, they were just track after track. is absolutely mental. Um, and it was after that, um, obviously after the, uh, after the success of the album, uh, Queen actually staged a free concert in Hyde Park. Um, which is absolutely mental. Um, but yeah, anyway, um, we're going to stick on Night of the Opera for a little bit longer. Um, this next track is one of my favourites from Queen. Wow. Out of the whole discography. Okay. Um, okay. And it's it's basically, it's, it's been described as kind of like Brian May's Bohemian Rhapsody. Mm. Um, it's obviously a, a lot less commercial um, and written more from the perspective of a guitarist. Um, but this is a track called Prophet Song and I absolutely adore it. Um, it's eight minutes long. Is that right? Eight yeah. minutes 20 is the wrong time. So it's uh, two minutes longer than Bohemian Rhapsody. Wow. <laughs> um, but it's absolutely a gorgeous song. Um, so please sit with this. This is Prophet Song from the album Night of the Opera.
What a journey that was. Yeah, absolutely gorgeous, right? I mean, I mean, it's it's amazing to co- contrast that with Bohemian Rhapsody, just to see how like both of their minds work completely differently. And obviously, like Bohemian Rhapsody had that commercial edge where like it was written as a song, whereas you know that was written as like. Um, an instrumental overture it was like it was amazing like fascinating to listen to um and obviously like uh you know the the main moment for me is that that incredible choral bit with with that like slap delay not slap delay sorry that like tape delay um well i I now i know so i think that um that was recorded live that that was kind of done uh with a uh tape delay machine um and Obviously, the Lars, where it's harmonized, would have been overdubbed. But yeah, it's like I, I just, I, it fast. It's, I just find it so fascinating. I think it's amazing. It's just very experimental, isn't that's it? it? That's it. And obviously, you know, it's that argument where you know not every band had the opportunity to be experimenting with stuff like that. Sure. But also to contrary, you know, they would absolutely smashing it, and you know, really using like bands could have gone into trident studios and not have created the stuff that queen did so it was it was it was a beautiful pairing of like an incredibly creative band and sort of like having the facilities and tools to be able to to be able to use it so um yeah i i think this album for me is is queen my favorite one of queen simply for the fact of it just shows so much growth and it shows so much versatility um and and it's a real solidification of like that real queen sound where like you know they can they can write these incredible like overtures but yeah. then also be able to 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 write these beautiful songs like you're my best friend and stuff that, that you know like it just great hits and yet it shows immense risk yeah absolutely and yet there has been reward to that risk years down the line what well, 50 years down the line yeah. we're now creating plugins that mimic yeah. what they were playing around with in that's a room it. with a tape delay that's it that's it and you know like there's so much more creativity in my opinion that comes from from hardware and just you know it was, it was people that, that had real like niche like it was literally just audio nerds just and creating incredible didn't incredible even really stuff. study this no 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 that's the thing that's, that's, that's what's amazing beautiful is they were kind of just figuring out as they went along and went oh I like that yeah let's rub yeah, with yeah, that yeah yeah absolutely and um yeah, I don't know. I, I just think it's gorgeous. And, and this next track we're going to play, um, to completely contrast that last track, is just such a gorgeously written song. Yep. And it's it goes, a ballad, would you say? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and it just goes to show sort of like, you know, where there's complexity, there's also a real true and thorough understanding of, of songwriting and of being able to just express themselves. So this track, uh, we're going to play, it's a live version. Um, if anyone's seen the film Bohemian Rhapsody, it's obviously such a special moment um, in the film. Um, but once again, you know, this was a huge huge moment for the band um and it was a it was recorded at a festival called uh rock and rio and um yeah it's just yeah yeah we'll just let the track speak for ourselves this is love of my life uh live from rock and rio
complicado. this live audience yeah so so that was a that was an audience of 250,000 people singing that song back to them which is mental now just to just to mention uh, if we do have any queen fans out there that was in 1985 um and obviously we're we're going way back to, to 1976 however yes um absolutely gorgeous song and, and you know just it goes to show that you know you can write these incredible huge explorations of songs but you can also write some of the most gorgeous gorgeously simple lyrics and they're sometimes the ones that resonate most with crowds and and obviously you know that being rock and rio is an international crowd of two hundred fifty thousand people you know you, you, those things don't really happen <laughs> so it's no. yeah it's amazing to play but anyway uh no, back in 1976 um on the 12th of november we have the next track uh the next single from queen's next album uh so this is a track called day at the races it was a follow-up obviously tonight at the opera um and this is a gorgeous track one of my favorites this is a track called somebody to love Please 
the genius of Queen with somebody to love. Absolutely. Beautiful such a, album. Such a massive, su- such a massive song. Big song, it's big amazing. album. Uh, what I love is in the movie, the entire movie starts off with that. Yeah, so the yeah, scene yeah, kind of yeah. goes, everyone getting ready for this big thing. We don't quite know what it is. Yeah. And then you kind of see Freddie get out of bed, put his leather jacket on, put his shades on, and it's to this song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I love it. Big song. Gorgeous song. Gorgeous song. But, but we unfortunately, we need, to, we need to skip ahead. The reason being is we have so many songs that we still need <laughs> to play across so many albums. So we're going to jump ahead to News of the World. Um, this was, I, I think this was a, a, a changing point for Queen. Um because they completely kind of changed their sound from this moment. Mm. I, I kind of seen this as kind of like the second now, the second part of their career. Um, only for the fact of, they, I, I think they just went a little bit less, uh, sorry, they went a little bit further away from studio-based stuff and they really focus on their anthemics tunes now. So we've got two massive, massive songs. These are some of the biggest songs in the world um as sort of like you know they've been adopted by communities such as football communities any type of sporting event usually actually plays either of these two songs which is massive uh we had the queen's jubilee the other day and it was kicked off to this song it's absolutely huge i think any i I don't think there's a better crowd participation song than this next track we're going to play so without further ado get your hands ready this is we will rock you Oh, 
taken my bows and my curtain calls. You brought me fame and fortune and everything that goes with it. I thank you all, but it's been no bed of roses.
Girls Queen. What a song. Did not ever think I'd ever announce a song like that. Yeah. Straight <laughs> yeah. out of the song. James, this is a really interesting point of their career now. Yeah, yeah. Because I think now we see a little bit of a shift in their sound. Well, that's it. You know, that, that was jazz. Jazz was an incredible album. Um, I personally love listening to it. Um, but it was quite a lighthearted album, I would say, in comparison to their other stuff. Everything felt um, a little bit jovial. And then the moment the next album comes out, the game, which we're going to jump onto now, we very, very much well and truly got to the 80s. So this was a very shift in... It, it, I mean, it was a shift in... Um, it was a shift in sound all around. You know, punk is, was on the rise. Um, and obviously the 80s was the rise in, um, obviously, synths and electronic... Just that disco fever. I want to ask, disco do music, you yeah. think, when it came to the wave of the 80s... Mm. Do you think they were riding that wave or do you think they were influencing it? I think I think this next track that we're going to play was definitely a massive influence to a sure. lot of a lot of um yeah that 80 sound. Um obviously it's it's a huge track, one of the most recognizable bass lines of all time, but when you, when you think about synth music and what it where it originates, it usually comes from some type of pulsating bass line or something and I think it definitely took influence from from the simplicity of this track. But the fact that you could take something like this and take it electronic, I think is absolutely amazing. And um, yeah, anyway, this is another one bites the dust. Another one bust the dust. Hey, hey. Another one bust the dust. Hey, 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 hey. Ooh, 
beautiful to hear the evolution in sound when you think about all the way from album number one with Queen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, yeah. even from Smile Days when that transition happened with Freddie Bolsara, Absolutely. Freddie Mercury, all yeah, the way down yeah, to yeah. here. And then I want to talk very briefly about the impact that it had even on sort of like multimedia channels, mm. movies, mm, mm, you know, mm, you mm, think mm, things like Wayne's World. Yeah, yeah, uh, And then yeah, of course yeah, they made yeah. a reference to that in the Bohemian Rhapsody movie yep. with uh, Mike Myers playing, yep. of course, the EMI agent. But then you had things like Flash Gordon. Right. So this is, this is crazy. I, I think it's mental to, to think that, like, you know, a band can create a soundtrack so iconic. And, you know, as, as you said before about, you know, the Queen sort of like ride the wave or were they the wave? I don't think there's a, an 80s film more iconic or something that, like, really yeah. kicked everything off as, as much as Flash Gordon did, really. Totally. Um, yeah. And, you know, like, this was really, like, the the, the entrance of electronic sounds and, and music into into Queen sound and, and both into popular culture. And I think, I think that's amazing. Obviously, we, we'd played Under Pressure earlier. Um, but, yeah, it's just, like, that thing of, like, the moment, as we said before, with, with Trident Studios, um, you know, if, <laughs> you know, obviously they, they had access to some of the most incredible synthesis and, and instruments, but, um, and, and not everyone else necessarily had that, yeah. but it was, it was, it had to be Queen in order to be able to do it really, you know, like it had to be artists like David Bowie working with Brian Eno. It had to be yeah, artists totally. like this who were, who had the creativity to be able to, be able to use them and, and make them into such a way. And, and obviously Flash was such an incredible soundtrack. Um, I'll play a snippet just now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is so iconic. It's huge. You've got the classic Queen rumble. Clytus, I'm bored. <laughs> what plaything can you offer me today? An obscure body in the SK system, Your Majesty. The inhabitants refer to it as the planet Earth. How peaceful it looks. (laughs) (laughs) Most effective, Your Majesty. Will you destroy this uh, Earth? 
Later. I like to play with things a while. Before annihilation. <laughs> it's just amazing because you've got this beautiful blend of... I mean, that, that guitar sound is so strong in comparison to those synths, it's amazing. Yeah, it's so cool. And, 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 you know, like, no other band could do it, I don't think. Like, or, or execute it in the same way. I think, I think you know, that soundtrack needed something as big and bold as Queen to, to, be, able to, to be able to write it and, and have the confidence to be able to explore, like, synthesis and stuff in the way they do. And on um, the topic of synths, yes. this next song is quite classic disco. This is, this is honestly one of my favourite Queen tracks of all yeah, time. Absolutely, um, right, so. I adore it. This, uh, we're jumping ahead to their 1984 album, The Works. Um, so by this point, obviously, you know, synths, things like that, they were, they were all in popular culture, as was as we mentioned before, disco and and music, electronic music, really. Um, so this was kind of like Queen's response to that. And I absolutely love it because it's such a perfect blend of of their sound, but it, it, it feels new and it feels fresh. So um, yeah, without further ado, this is Radio Gaga from the album The Works.
Absolute genius there by Queen with yeah. I Want to Break Free. The music video, of course, extremely iconic. Absolutely, absolutely, of course. Moved through the roof, through records, did so well on TV, the internet. It's still very highly viewed right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah of course, 100%. we saw lots and lots of funny remakes from it. Yes. In yeah, pop yeah, culture yeah, yeah. over the decades to follow. Absolutely. Uh, Music-wise, where are we at right now? So uh, that was the, obviously, we're still on the works. So this is the, the 1984 album. Um, and then... We had obviously a huge, huge moment in popular culture, um, which is I don't know. It's like this, this small thing. I, have you heard of it? It's a thing called Live Aid. You, you ever don't heard know, of, man? You ever it's heard like of a that? Small indie concert, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I don't know. I don't, it's, it, it, I don't know. So, you something know, like billions of people watching. Something yeah, like yeah, something. But obviously, um, the the story is obviously it was it was such a last minute thing, um, and Queen hadn't performed in a while basically yeah and it, it well, they've been broken up for a bit well that was the thing and and you know uh by this point john deacon had uh released uh, an album on his own uh freddie was writing his own album and um i think brian had started working on his own solo stuff and and you know it was it was queen as a whole you know i think um roger taylor felt that the drum machines and the the synthesis and the direction of the band was kind of like taking that away from him and taking that away from his creativity. Um, and, you know, I, I think there were just issues in the band, multiple issues in the band. But then Live Aid happened and, you know, people hadn't, didn't know if Queen were playing um, and they, they, were, they were quite early on in the day. Um, but still to this day, it was one of the most iconic performances, um, one of the most... Amongst iconic. many others. Oh, absolutely. Uh, it was absolutely. huge. Huge event. Absolutely. Um, and it would be wrong to, to completely ignore it. So we're going to play uh, another track from, from the works, uh, but this is from the live performance. This is uh, the performance of Hammer to Fall. Yeah. 
Beautiful song, gorgeous song, but we can't negate the fact that it's a very sad song. Well, well, of course, like it was, it was written for the soundtrack of Highlander, and it's been repurposed so many times, obviously because of the tragic death of Freddie Mercury. Um, and obviously, you know, there's so many years between sort of what we've just talked about and sort of the band, you know, releasing multiple projects on their own. Um, you know, Freddie released his own album. Um, uh, Roger Taylor. Um, was working on his own stuff as well. All of the bands kind of, you know, they left and started doing their own thing, but would come together and, and, you know, we had a few more Queen albums. We had A Kind of Magic, we had The Miracle, we had Innuendo, and then we had the post-os... Uh, post-os... Post... 
ostrich <laughs> release <laughs> made in heaven uh which is obviously features mother's love which is such a gorgeous song but you know it's it's a very heartbreaking story obviously freddie died from aids ironically after performing at live aid and that wow. being such a you know yeah. such an iconic moment for for him wow. and for the band um but yeah he died in 1991 and um yeah obviously that sort of led to sort of the end of the band as to what it is and they are still performing today obviously as we saw at the the, the jubilee um with adam lambert as uh front man and they're still performing the incredible music and that you know living on that legacy for for such an incredible band and such an incredible set of musicians um but that finishes us up for today's the episode end of the show. absolutely james collins um, two hours of queen that's it thank you so much for listening in thanks for listening we hope you've enjoyed it Hope you've learned a little bit about Queen. Absolutely. And we're going to finish off with one of the biggest tracks from their discography. This is Don't Stop Me Now by Queen. Tonight I'm gonna have myself a real good time. I feel alive. Good time, I'm having a ball.